0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. We'd increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. It's been a while since we've checked in with our friend Jeremiah, so we may need a refresher when we hear a passage from the book that bears his name at Mass this weekend. He's a prophet in the final days before Jerusalem will be overtaken by Babylonian invaders. As you might imagine, he constantly told the people in the city to change their ways, but they didn't listen and even found him to be a nuisance. Our passage at Mass begins with verse 10 of chapter 20, but at the very beginning of that same chapter, Jeremiah is put in the stocks by a priest named Pasher. Following a night in the stocks, Jeremiah is released and has some choice words for Pasher. But after those choice words, beginning in verse 7, Jeremiah expresses his frustration to God about being a prophet, and verse 10 is where our excerpt picks up. In his choice words for Pasher, after being placed in the stocks, Jeremiah had told Pasher that the Lord names you terror on every side. Now here, just a couple of verses later, Jeremiah is acknowledging that his enemies are spinning his words back in his face, like a tweet dug up from some years back that doesn't age very well. They're saying, Jeremiah, you're the real terror on every side. Jeremiah continues to pour out his difficulty to God by saying, all those who were my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Perhaps he will be trapped, then we can prevail and take our vengeance on him. But even in the midst of his complaint, or what we could label a lament, Jeremiah still recognizes that the Lord is with him, like a mighty champion. The lament ends with a call to sing and praise the Lord. St. Paul is praising the Lord in our second reading from his letter to the Romans. We covered the same passage a few months ago when it came up on the first Sunday of Lent in year A. Think of the second reading like this. St. Paul wants to make a compare-and-contrast PowerPoint discussing Adam and Jesus, and this compare-contrast style of rhetoric was known as syncrasis at the time. But just as St. Paul gets started talking about how through one man sin entered the world, and through sin, death, just like your middle school history teacher, St. Paul gets totally sidetracked on his presentation and goes off on a tangent. His tangent seems to be answering a question maybe he just thought up. What happened to those who lived in the time between Adam and Moses? Because Moses hadn't yet received the law because he wasn't in existence, could we say that those people sinned? He then spends several more verses showing how the result of Adam's action, which he calls the transgression, pales in comparison to the results of Christ's action, which he calls obedience. It's something like this The first sin brought about death, but then after the sins of so many, Christ's one act of obedience was more weighty and powerful than all of those sins. Because of this, just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one the many will be made righteous. Turning to our Gospel, Jesus is talking to the Twelve and wants to demonstrate the immensity of the Father's knowledge and care for all of His creation, especially for human beings. Jesus asks a bit of a rhetorical question. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? This small coin is the Roman Asarion, and it was equivalent to one-sixteenth of a drachma, which was about what a person earned in a single day. Now, even though I was never a good student in math, here's some quick math. Today, the average U.S. wage is $27 an hour. Knowing that the average American works 8 hours a day, this is $216 a day. A sixteenth of that being about $13, a sparrow for about one-sixteenth of a daily wage doesn't exactly come out to just a few small coins, as our translation at Mass has it. But without bringing on too much PTSD of your high school math class, nonetheless, Jesus says that not one of these sparrows falls to the ground without your Father's knowledge. Falling to the ground here is something of a euphemism for death. And here's the point. Through it all, God pays attention to the death of a single sparrow, and He's counted the hairs on every head. He's aware of even the smallest of details. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.